The following pendant production contains mature... Hello and welcome to the commentary for The Kingery, Season 3, Episode 6, also known as Episode 30. The title of this episode is Parts of the Machine, and it was written by Alicia Lane Matheson, who happens to be on the other end of this long string, also talking into a tin can. Hi, Alicia. <laughs> Hello. I hope you don't mind. I'm eating dinner while we do this. Thank you, Asa. Thank you so fucking much. Marvelous. So, I covered you up and so this is called Parts of the Machine. I'm a good time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll figure out exactly what that means later on. It becomes pretty clear. Yep. Right now we're listening to the previously, and the music in the background is Big Boys, Bigger Toys by David Alexander MacDonald. I thought that um, that music was very lively and energetic and would get the whole thing off to a, a rip-roaring start. A rollicking start. Rollicking start, exactly. So before we started, uh, we did a little preparation. I told Alicia to wait for the marvelous introduction I was going to give her, and then I said, well, maybe you'd better not wait that long. So, um, <laughs> I think you did just fine. Okay, all right. Well, I could try to do more. Uh, so, well, let me pester you a little bit more about the title. How did you find it? What's it refer to? Oh, well, it refers to uh, the part in the script where Tommy's reading Ace's book and uh, it talks about structural functionalism. Now, the reason why I put this in here is because Tommy's supposed to understand what's going on with the book that Asa gave him. So I wanted it to read really confusing. And at the time, Ryan was studying structural functionalism in his sociology class. So he had this essay he had to write, and he had me look it over. So I learned a little bit about it. And, um, and it seemed to me that it perfectly right into um into this episode but that was a, a happy accident because i really have no idea what to write <laughs> isn't it amazing how um things just seem to crop up when you need them sometimes yeah well sometimes mm -hmm. they do and sometimes they just don't and then you're sunk but or at least yeah. that's the way it works for me yeah, well, in this case, it, it worked really well, and, um, sorry, I get, I get caught listening to the show, because it's so good. <laughs> it is. Well, I can tell and, us what, uh, I, can, I can talk a little bit, I'll, I'll talk a little bit and uh, distract you from the show. Um, right now, we're listening to Lexi Rawl doing a great job as Debbie, and Catherine Pride doing a great job as Tithia. The music in the background is called A Kick in the Nerves. I think Lexi and Kat are doing great getting into it here. I just think their performances are wonderful throughout this entire scene. Oh, you, you told me to pop in when one of my favorite lines came up. Yes. The one that's going on right now is, is my favorite line because um, I put in a, a Gundam Wing reference. <laughs> the uh, the names Trace and Relina come from uh, Gundam Wing, and I did it just for fun. 
and Kat emailed me after she saw the clip, and she's like, oh, hell yeah, I get to talk about Gundam Way. That's so awesome. <laughs> and uh, my thing is that um, Jeffrey just put out the shenanigans shirts with the devil girls on them, and he's like, well, we, don't have, we don't have any devil girls. And so... I said, well, they were Trey's and Relina. They were the devil girls, and they had to go back to the devil sector. So, see, I devil, see. devil, ha, 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 I'm yes. clever. <laughs> yes. Jeffrey says we need to have some more, though. <laughs> okay, all right. I liked in that scene, one of the lines that I really liked was when um, Tithia tells Devi, I shouldn't have to be your parent. I thought that was a really telling line and very harsh. Yes. Well, I've actually had it said to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got some tough love from some friends of mine once. She fucking turned yeah. the church into a fucking homeless shelter. Oh, yeah. Now, we have a scene between Pete Milan um, as Tommy Arkell and M. Sierra Garcia as Major. And after Tommy turns on the radio, that's what he's supposed to be doing there, the song in the background is One of Them Dealey Boppers by David Alexander MacDonald. <laughs> I really love uh, the Tommy Major banter. They're two of my favorite characters to write because it really comes easy to me. To write the two of them. That's what all the writers have been saying. Yes. Well, it must be because of Pete and M. They're just fantastic. They are. They really are. Another character that's really easy for me to write is Tithia because I can, I hear Cat's voice in my head every time. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that they're still drinking coffee in the far distant future. It brews a lot faster, but it's still coffee. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was my favorite improv is I thought some lady fingers. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I died when I heard that line the first time. It was just like, oh, oh my God. Because they're at Tommy's house or place or wherever he lives. And it's like he, had, he has lady fingers in his kitchen. What? <laughs> it was so awesome. Yes. Oh, Thank you, you M. Thank you for that. You wanted to talk about your humming in this scene. I did. What now was the hooks humming in the draft that we reviewed in the writer's chat? Because, man, if it was, I really missed an opportunity to veto that. Couldn't I have just said, like, <laughs> like hooks, hooks would never hum because I can't do that? <laughs> I think you did a great job. And, and humming okay. is something that I, I would see Hooks doing because, you know, he feels like his life's getting back together and even though things are looking a little down in the mouth, he's still going to keep a positive attitude. So. It didn't work. Well, you can always try again. All right. Well, I was really struggling with what he should be humming and trying to hum because uh, in humming, I usually go into my low register, vocal register, and hooks is way up in my high register, and so I was having trouble with that. And I tried humming a little bit of a Brahms sonata for cello and piano, which is some classical music that I really love. And that mm -hmm. didn't really work out. And then I tried humming a solo from Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. And then I realized, well, Miles Davis, I mean, even in the far distant future where they study Miles Davis' classical music, he's still going to be way too cool for hooks. 
So I ended up just uh, trying to do some purposefully aimless, tuneless humming. And I think that's about Hooks's. How many did you take today? Yep. I, I think you got it right on the nose. Two this morning. Okay, great. Well, thank you. I think you're very generous. And here we are. Uh, Hooks is uh, writing a chart. I just. Mm-hmm. I get a big kick out of all the visual aids that we're putting in the show these days, the audio show with visual aids. I think that could be a nice slogan for us, the kingery, the audio show with visual aids. <laughs> well, I think it's partly because when I write, I see a movie in my head. And mm-hmm. so yes. I, it's a little difficult to translate that into audio sometimes. But I always, you know, if it doesn't make sense in the movie, then I can't write it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also loved major improvs here when Tommy's reading. Yes. <laughs> Just like, wait, what? Well, wait a minute. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yes. M gave so many uh, different re- uh, takes of the reaction. There was like one reaction was scripted, and but she gave so many different takes and so many different ways. I thought, and and the scene of um, Tommy reading went on so long that I thought I would use some of the ones that I really liked and sprinkle them throughout while he was reading to try and give uh, the sense that you know there's some kind of interaction and that uh, Major is getting a little overwhelmed. The music in the background during this scene is Sons of the Desert Wind. And I like this phone call coming up between Tommy and Hooks. And um, when I was performing Hooks, I tried to investigate the different ways that he might try to say no. It's like his his strategy for dealing with Tommy stays stays the same. Just say no. But his tactics, that is the the inflection that he uses, the way he says no, keeps changing as he searches for one that works. And, of course, none of them work. Yeah, and I actually can't take credit for this idea. Renee actually uh, gave the idea to me, and I loved it so much. I'm like, oh, I have to use this. (laughs) <laughs> and you, when I listen to it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it came out just the way I heard it in my head, especially the, uh, no. I love it, I love it. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad. I'm very glad. Yes. If I say no one more time, will it have any bearing whatsoever? Only one way to find out. <laughs> I, I like that one because it starts off he's trying to be really firm and then it ends up with a little question mark on the end. It's like he, even when he's trying to be really firm and demanding, he still can't quite okay. do it. <laughs> and now we have a scene with Madeline Gray, played by Alicia Lane Matheson. Doing a great job, Alicia. And Yay! Paul Lavelle playing Brannis, Officer Brannis, the snarky oh. Officer Brannis. No, Captain. I think you have an impressive affinity for writing Maddie Gray. Is that something that you notice, or does is writing her character any different from writing other characters for you? Actually, it's a little bit harder because Maddie's really different than me, and yet I am the one who says the lines, so it has to make sense in my head, and yet makes sense for Maddie. So, plus I. 
I, I try not to make myself say too much when I'm Maddie because I, I, it's like, oh, well, you're writing the script, so your word count's going to be really, really high. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I know that's just kind of a, yeah. a prob- probably not something that will actually happen, but it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to write Maddie. Um, but when I, when I end up with something that, I, that really works, I'm very happy with, with how it turns out. Because it's hard to write the scene, but at the end of the day, what I've written usually turns out to be okay. Yeah, I think they're quite good. I really liked when uh, Branis tells her that she's wasting her time and she says, I'll decide that. I like that. It reminded me uh, of years ago, my girlfriend went through a phase where she used to frequently say, I'll be the judge of that. And that phrase, of, <laughs> that phrase of Maddie's really reminds me of that thing, and I, I like it a lot. Well, Maddie's a very strong woman, so whenever, any, whenever anybody tells her how she should be feeling or how she should be doing something, you know, she would rebel at that naturally, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and now we have Andrew Eckhart playing Roberts. Oh, and I actually... I researched police codes in order to uh, to do that phone call. So uh, a code one is needing help, but it's less um, less urgent than a code eight. I think code eight. It's like you know emergency situation. Wait a minute. You thought Tommy and I were that he interesting. So they go all the way up from from code one to code eight. Oh, there's lots more. What? Oh, there's more. Oh, there's lots more. There's even, like, there's a code for taking lunch. Ah. So you can't say, you know, hey, Officer So-and-so is heading out to lunch now. You say, okay, Officer So-and-so has a code seven. I <laughs> see. You bet your ass you did. I love how Maddie makes Roberts, like, back down. Let me get one thing straight. There has never been, nor will there ever be, anything between right. Tommy Arkell and Now, coming up, she's going to talk about Tommy and Maddie fucking peas and carrots. But let's talk about the vegetable love. Are you still on the well, line, Alicia? that's actually... N- yeah, I'm still here. Keep it professional. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, you were cutting out there for a second. I probably was, too. Um... They're actually not fucking peas and carrots. Uh, the fucking is meant as a curse, not as a verb. Oh, because my follow-up question was going to be, are they fucking the peas and carrots separately or at the same time? <laughs> well, see, the whole thing about peas and carrots I took from Forrest Gump, where he and Jenny get together again, and it's like, me and Jenny were like peas and carrots again. So it's something that go together. So Tommy and Maddie, peas and carrots. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. All right. So there's no vegetable love. Well, I'm just always trying to learn more about the far distant future world that we're writing about. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was vegetable love there. It's you. 
All right. Well, and in the last scene, the very short scene between me as Hooks and Pete Mylan as Tommy Arkell, the mm-hmm. music in the background was Ride the Big Red Car mm-hmm. by David Alexander McDonald. And I thought Pete was great in that scene. And now I think Bruce, Bruce Busby is great reading the credits. He's doing a wonderful job. Any last thoughts, comments? Um, let's see. Were there any other questions? Um, well, I think that we talked about everything on your little list here. So I think we're good. Yes, will you send me a list of questions before the conversation? I do, because when people spring questions on me, I just end up saying, uh. So I don't like to do that to other people, so I try and give you a little... Uh, a few topics that we might talk about. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Very considerate. I'll talk at you next month. Bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening.